Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't get a hold of him. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week. And we've got more joint practice today as the Eagle on the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy. And as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 347. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with both Ben Fennel and Chris McPherson to discuss what we saw on the practice field today at the Novacare Complex Eagles Patriots joint practice number two. A lot of big takeaways. I focused in on the defense today. Ben focused his, his attention on the offensive side of the football A lot of news to get to, a lot of updates here from practice. A little bit shorter than yesterday's on Monday, but it was still a fun session. Plenty of takeaways. Before we get there, though, just a quick reminder. Jump on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Leave us a rating. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question, look, the the Eagle season right around the corner. If you've got a question about this team, now is the time. Jump on. Leave the question in the comment box. We will answer it here in an upcoming episode. Thanks so much to everybody that has thrown us your support lately over on Apple Podcasts. Now, Let's get the rest of the show rolling. I'm excited uh, to talk about today's practice with Ben and Chris. It's time now for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, like I said, day two of joint practice here between the Eagles and the Patriots and plenty to dive into as I welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. Uh, guys, before we get into what we saw uh, out on the field, let's get into uh, some transaction news, some injury updates. C-Mac, uh, as always, we come to you. All right, so we have to wait a little bit. We're recording this before 4 o'clock, just for the record. So the Eagles have to get down to the 85-player limit. So those moves have not yet been announced. In terms of injuries, Devontae Smith, back on the practice field again on Tuesday, but this time taking part in a limited role in team drills. So great progress as he continues to move forward. It remains to be seen whether or not he will play Thursday night against the Patriots in the preseason game. A couple other injury notes. Jake Elliott is day-to-day with an ankle injury. Derek Barnett, day-to-day with a shoulder injury. And Javon Hargrave, one of the stars of Monday's workout, he's day-to-day with an ankle injury. So uh, those are the injury updates. A little bit of a shorter practice. They concluded around 11.20 or so this morning, so about an hour and a half out there on the field. But from an injury standpoint, the big news, the good news, Devontae Smith continuing to progress as he comes back from that knee injury. And I was not watching the offense. So Ben, I'm interested to get your thoughts on, on how Devonte looked just from a pure depth chart standpoint, though, uh, nothing, you know, no huge changes. You know, Ben, you, you were talking about there was some, some shuffling of wide receivers in terms of who was working with what, but that's a normal, you know, progression in terms of tra- training camp. And obviously with bodies coming in and out, uh, coming back from injury, uh, that's going to change some things up, but uh, nothing of note from a, a pure depth chart standpoint, uh, no Javon Hargrave, like you mentioned, C-Mac, no Derek Barnett. So we saw Josh Sweat and Hassan Ridgeway uh, working with the starters. But uh, outside of that, no huge changes there uh, from a depth chart standpoint. And real quick, Fran, Devontae did participate in team, did participate in seven on seven. The one note, didn't participate in one-on-ones. Right. So he didn't receive a lot of targets out there on the practice field. I was hoping to see him in one-on-ones where you're pretty sure to get a target on that rep right there, (laughs) but he didn't participate in one-on-ones. So while he was out there for some periods, pretty uneventful day for Devonta Smith. 
All right. Well, with that in mind, uh, Ben, I'll bounce right back to you. Uh, your biggest takeaway. I, I know, like I said, you were focusing in on the offense today after doing the defense yesterday. Uh, what did you see uh, from Jalen Hurts and, and that offensive side of the football? Yeah, I thought they were distributing the ball in a variety of different ways today, really working the tight ends in a variety of red zone sessions. They worked in the high red zone, down in the low red zone, obviously that emphasis on getting some points uh, when the field shrinks, but working to the tight ends. And I thought it was a really good day for young running back Kenny Gainwell. You know, I thought he looked pretty good out there in seven on sevens catching the ball. He got some reps with the first team with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball out there. Some clever plays designing to get him open in later periods with the second team. He just seems like a guy that's really starting to stack some practices, playing more confident and getting some opportunities with the big guys in that first team, C-Mac. Interesting about Gainwell, Nick Sirianni spoke to the media before practice and he was asked about Gainwell's development and he said Gainwell has come along very nicely and he is showing everything that we envisioned him doing for us on this football team. That's the biggest compliment you can say because you watch a guy on tape and you say, okay, how is he going to fit into our offense? You want to be able to see that transpire and that transition take place here, Ben. You know, and down in that red zone when the field shrinks and that ball has to come out quick, coverage is tighter, windows are smaller. We saw a lot of highlight grabs today. You know, whether it was the tight ends, the back of the end zone and some tight window throws, whether it's J.J. Ortega Whiteside high pointing over somebody, Tyree Jackson had a big play over somebody in the back of the end zone. A lot of highlight grabs, which are going to get in red zone periods of the NFL. It's doggy dog world out there and it's going to be tight coverage. Someone's going to have to make a play on the ball. I thought we saw a lot of variety of really spectacular catches out there, which was just fun to see and entertaining to be right there on the sideline. I mean, including what may have been the most spectacular catch in all of training camp. I, I was so I was down there. I was glad you mentioned Gainwell because I was down there for individual periods in the end zone and they were doing routes on air. So I was watching uh, the running backs, receivers, tight ends. Uh, Gainwell made this like sick one-handed catch like out away from his body uh, in routes on air. And that got the, some of the, the fans excited uh, that were down in that area of the field. But right after that, they did red zone one-on-ones, Eagles receivers against the New England defensive backs. And uh, just watching those guys work, it was a really spirited uh, session. And there was jawing on back and forth. Guys were getting after it. Uh, really good energy. You know, Jalen Ra- Rager, uh, Quez Watkins going back and forth with guys like Jalen Mills and J.C. Jackson. Uh, it was a really fun session. And, the, I mean, it was, I think, halfway, two-thirds of the way through the drill. Jalen Rager's matched up against the corner, Michael Jackson uh, from New England. And it was a, a fade down the red zone, back right pylon. He was in the air for a good 17 seconds, goes up with his right hand and, and plucks the ball. Uh, outstanding, ridiculous one-handed catch. Very, very similar uh, to the catch he made over Darius Slay in red zone one-on-ones last week. I actually like this one even a little bit more. This one was just a ridiculous catch. Uh, the body control, the hand-eye coordination, the ability to finish. Uh, I, I thought it was a, a really, really good rep. And I charted all the reps as they were happening. Jalen had a couple of wins uh, today. He had a, a really nice slant route against J.C. Jackson for a touchdown down on the goal line as well. So he showed off his ability to separate. Uh, I thought there were some really, really good reps down there. And, and Quez Watkins as well uh, had some really nice routes. He separated from Jalen Mills on a corner. He got J.C. Jackson completely turned around on a slant route. So uh, it's just great watching these young receivers continue to develop and continue to work on the little things. And I mentioned I was down there for the routes on air. Ben, you talked about this almost every day, like watching the receivers in Indy. Nick Sirianni was on those guys, like his attention to detail in these sessions and just harping on the little things and, and where how to like uh, pace their feet and make sure you rip out of a route, and, you know, not rounding off any breaks. 
it shows up with how these guys have performed in these one-on-one drills and in team sessions. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the young guys stepping up, which is really great to see, whether yeah. it's, you know, the, you know, the Travis Fulgums of the world or, you know, Quez Watkins really emerging as a day three second year player. You know, there's a bunch of guys on the back end that you're really starting to see the details. Even a guy like Jamon Osmond, mm-hmm. you know, just watching him in one-on-ones had a bunch of really good releases and, you know, gives opposing defensive backs trouble. You know, when you start to see the back end of the roster, you know, performing and producing, that's usually a good sign about the top end of that position group. Because competition at the bottom is going to make that top better. And you're starting to see a really good group of receivers here with the Eagles. Osmond's actually gotten better, uh, I feel like, since the start of camp, especially in terms of his ability uh, to create some separation. He's gotten a a lot sharper. uh, Yeah, and a guy that had opted out of 2020 and probably a little rusty uh, around the edges there and how they used him at Texas A&M. And, you know, just taking a step back, too. It was fun watching, you know, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rieger, Quez Watkins all break the huddle together. Mm. I mean, that's a lot of speed out there. They may not have the size that some coordinators may want, but that is a fast group. And I hate to reflect back to the Macklin, Deshaun, Jason Avant days. Well, those guys didn't have a lot of size either, but they had speed, 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 and speed kills out here. And it's just going to be really fun to see the different ways Nick Sirianni uh, uses all those weapons. C-Mac, what was your, uh, your big takeaway from today? I have a couple here. First, we talk about the speed and the way that the guys are flying on the offensive side of the football. How about on the defensive side of the football? A lot of seven-on-seven work, especially in the red zone. And I felt the Patriots quarterbacks, whether it was Cam Newton, whether it was Mac Jones, had to settle for a lot of checkdowns, okay? I thought the linebackers, Eric Wilson, nearly had another interception today. Uh, Alex Singleton, You know, if it wasn't for Jalen Rager's one-handed grab, I think would have had the play of the day with a diving interception. Uh, A nice performance by him. But both of those guys flying around the ball, the the defensive backs love the coaching that they're getting, making things tough on the wide receivers, not allowing a lot of separation. Uh, I I just think overall, this defensive backfield has done a great job of just buzzing around and, and making life difficult. And one guy I'll point out here, Darius Slay, have thoroughly enjoyed watching his one on one work. Uh, against Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar wins some battles. Slay gets some as well, uh, but still has tremendous footwork. I feel like if it's going to be one route, you know, Slay's going to be all over it. It's these wide receiver DB one-on-ones that there are times where the wide receiver gets to dance a lot and doesn't do something you'll see in a game situation. And it's like, okay, it's difficult for the defensive back to come out with the win. So I, I still think he has that elite quickness. Uh, Steve Nelson, there was a play in a team period where you're going to note that Patrick Johnson nearly came up with the interception, but I think it was Cam Newton. His first read was to go to the left side and Steve Nelson had the man all covered up and, and forced Newton to go away to the other side. So um, really like the competitiveness, like some of the playmaking ability we're seeing on the back end of this defense. So a lot of speed and pizzazz, obviously with the wide receiver group here, but I think this, uh, this back seven has been flying around here for, for the Eagles. And we saw it again here on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, Ben, you talked yesterday about how dominant that defensive front was. And I said yesterday, I was like, I'm excited to watch uh, that defensive front going up against that Patriots offensive line, which I mean, they've got good players. I mean, they're paying Trent Brown a ton of money. Isaiah Wynn, first-round pick. Onwenu, the left guard, uh, was a, a really impressive rookie last year. Obviously, David Andrews, uh, a really respected veteran. Shaq Mason has been really good for a long time. So this starting offensive line for New England going up against this Eagles defensive front, I was really excited to watch them today. Unfortunately, we only got it for one period. It was that first team period, that first 11 on 11 action. 
Now, the Eagles held up their end of the bargain because uh, that first team period, you had a, a Fletcher Cox run stuff on the first play. You had a Josh Sweat sack and then a quick tackle and a run play uh, soon afterwards. Brandon Graham was right at the line of scrimmage on another one. So that defensive front, just, I mean, unblockable uh, at times when you look at that first group and even the second group going up against the twos from New England just have been so, so good over these two days, uh, it, which has been really good to see. And then c your point was right on about the linebackers flying around. I mean, Singleton had the interception in that second seven-on-seven session. TJ Edwards had a, had a had a pick in the end zone in the first seven on seven session. And I feel like we talk about him doing that uh, every other week in training camp over since he's been in the NFL, he's always around the football TJ Edwards. But to me, like when I look at that defensive line, there, there was one, there was one point in practice. They, like you said, Cianac, it was a, a shorter session today, right? So they went a full two hours yesterday. This one about an hour and 20 minutes. So there were fewer team sessions today. You had the full 11 on 11 to start. Then they had the defense had, two red zone sessions. And then they got together for a full team, like a low red zone, you know, uh, situation. Right. So I look over in the second seven on seven. I'm like, Oh, they're doing seven on seven again. But then I look over to your field, Ben, where the offense is working. Those guys are going 11 on 11. And I'm like, that's weird. Usually they're doing the same drill on both fields. Then I look over the Eagles defensive lines all working on the opposite field. I'm like, Oh, the Patriots offense, they just want to make sure that that defensive line is as far away from their quarterbacks as possible. Now they can run a drill correctly uh, with seven on seven. It worked out well for them. They were able to get some passes off uh, in that second seven on seven period. But uh, this defensive front has just been really, really fun to watch uh, over these last couple of days, man. You know, and if the Patriots coaches saw something they maybe didn't like from their guys yesterday, that's what these practices are all about. Controlled environments, real competition. Yep in controlled environments. So that means you get to work on what you want to work on. You get to ask your opponent, hey, we need to work on this. Hit us with that. So the reasoning for why they may participate in 11-on-11s or 7-on-7s or see more of one scheme versus another scheme, it's all about getting better out here and having that controlled environment. Obviously, it's not a game or it's unpredictable and it's a little bit more of a true gamesmanship. It's still practice out here, but it is real-life competition in a controlled setting. So I think doing certain things like that to cater to what your team needs is all about these joint practices. And that's what we talked about that last week, right? Leading into these practices where what, what is the goal of this versus a preseason game? What, what do you get out of it? And uh, Nick Sirianni talked about that before practice today at his press conference. He said, look, we could do a little bit more in these practices in high leverage reps because only the Patriots get this film. And we talked about that last week. You could do more things schematically to get ready for the regular season against a new opponent because not all 32 teams get this film. And so you certainly have that advantage. Uh, and, you know, the, the Eagles, you know, hoping to take advantage of that with some good, some good quality reps on both sides of the football. Uh, the play of the day, uh, I guess, I mean, look, we tried we tried to hone this in uh, each and every week today. The, I mean, that Jalen Rager catch, I was glad that I was down there uh, for that one. Just a, a ridiculous grab. Uh, any of you guys have any other candidates here for uh, the play that stood out most to you? Yeah, real quick, in the seven-on-seven seven session, I thought Hertz had a lovely back-to-back -back, uh, sequence finding his tight ends in the red zone. He fired a, a corner route to Zach Ertz with Kyle Duggar right on his back, just out of his reach. And then the very next play, the other side of the field, kind of a corner stop. It looked like uh, Dallas Goddard ran like a deep curl or kind of one of those seven stops we see a lot with Juwan Williams, that big corner out of Vanderbilt right on his back. Both balls came out decisively, 100 miles an hour, 
and right on the receiver's hands, or in this case, the tight end's hands. It just made me kind of look around like, whoa, where did those lasers come from? But that type of decisiveness and accuracy, and obviously the big guys uh, finishing the play on the other end, really good two-play sequence and you know a really strong period from Hertz. I thought it was a little bit of an inconsistent start to Jalen Hurts over the from training camp. You know, those first few days, there were some there were some rough patches there. But oh, these last like five, six, seven practices, you throw in the game last Thursday night. He's he's looked good uh, this last week and change, which is a really good sign. Yeah, and one last thing, Fran, I just want to give a little kudos. You know, there's some deep position groups where you just want to crave to see those back end guys that there may not be enough reps to go around. But as we get into the dog days of camp, there's some position groups that are a little light. You know, a guy like Jordan Malata, he's out there with the ones as left tackle. I got news for you. He played with the twos at left tackle in a lot of periods as well. And then big uh, Brett Toth came in as well, like he normally does with the threes, did a little bit of guard and one-on-ones. But a guy like Jordan Malata, tons of reps out here. And I got news for you. When you get those opponents in on the practice field, it's not all pretty. Yep. He's taking his lumps, but he's out here a lot and he's getting better. And I think these reps are really going to benefit him heading into the season. And when some guys go down, somebody needs to fill those reps. So like today, Derek Barnett, you know, wasn't out there. That meant some more reps for Josh Sweat and, you know, uh, you know, Teron Jackson and some of those young guys. So I love seeing who fills those voids as well. I was glad that you, you just mentioned Josh Sweat because he I was thinking about him on the practice field today. Uh, it was that 11 on 11 drill. And I was just thinking how he had that breakout season last year. And I was thinking like, OK, who are the guys that could take that next step here this fall? Who's a who's a guy that uh, could be out for for a breakout or just for a big year that maybe people aren't necessarily expecting? Uh, and I my eyes immediately went to number 49, Alex Singleton. He had that diving interception in the seven on seven drill. I just think of this defensive scheme. You know, we hear uh, Brandon Graham talk about uh, the the different fronts and how it kind of reminds him of some of the things they did uh, under Bill Davis previously, right? In terms of the, the reading and the two gapping uh, up front. And I, I think when you look at that, you're like, all right, well, those kinds of schemes, they kind of leave the linebackers clean to and free to roam, right? They're not dealing with as much contact offensive lineman up in their face right away. So I think I look at Singleton and then just think back to the other night, how often was it like, Oh, there's, there's Singleton again. There's Singleton again. He had like seven tackles. He played in like 20 <laughs> snaps. So I, I just look at Singleton as like, man, like this guy could rack up easily triple digit tackles, but we're talking like, you know, if he, if he plays all 17 games and if he's a starter, we'll see how that all shakes out. Like, he, he could have 150 tackles this year. He he has just been that active in practice. Yeah, he's. I was really trying active. to see. I was just gonna say I was trying to look up. Uh, Alex Singleton led the team in tackles last season. It was the most since D'Amico Ryan's going back to the Bill Davis days. And I'm trying to think. There was one year where D'Amico Ryan's had like 160 tackles or mm. something. Something absolutely absurd. I'm I'm trying to find it now, but. Uh, it's not come up. I'll see if I, if I can find it by the end of the episode. But certainly with the way this defense is built and the way he has a nose for the football and flies around, we saw it in the preseason game on Thursday. I mean, he's wasted no time coming off that COVID list to make an impact on this defense alongside Eric Wilson. C-Mac, is there a guy that kind of comes to mind for you as someone who could uh, you know, take a big step here? Yeah, real quick. D'Amico Ryan's 2013, 177 tackles. And again, 16-game schedule, so... That's, that's ridiculous. So, and we got the extra game this year. Uh, we've talked a lot about him. He made the play of the day. He's made two of the biggest highlight real grabs so far in camp. I'm going to go to Jalen Rager. And you were talking about the one-on-ones. One-on-ones on Monday, Nick Sirianni said that Rager's performance was special and that you're finally seeing the, that raw athleticism 
combine with technique and it's starting to all come together. And, and you guys talked about how detailed Sirianni is while watching the wide receivers. Sirianni was explaining the ways that he's breaking down the cornerbacks and he has a plan and he's putting all the tools together. Uh, I think between his comfort with the scheme, with the, the versatility that he can present because of his his body built because he's an explosive athlete, but he's also available to help you in the run game or on screens. I think he'll be utilized in that way. I think the coaches can have a, a carve out a huge role for him. He can also help as a returner. I'm going to go with the 2020 first round pick Jalen Rager as uh, my breakout candidate for, for this team. And um, obviously he'll have a lot of help with Devonte Smith, you know, alongside you know, have Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, you know, a lot other receivers to help out here. But to me, uh, I think Jalen Rager is poised and is in the right environment for, for a breakout campaign here. I'm excited to see him in, in year two with this new system, with this new staff. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun watching him and the rest of these young receivers uh, continue to develop. Well, guys, we will be back on Saturday. Uh, obviously, the Eagles play a preseason game Thursday night here at Lincoln Financial Field against the New England Patriots. We'll get round three after seeing two days worth of action uh, here on the practice field. Excited for that. We'll be back to break it down after Saturday's practice uh, this weekend. So make sure you're tuned in right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. C-Mac, Ben, we'll talk to you later this weekend. Before we keep rolling with the show, I wanted to take a quick break to remind you about the Eagles' second and final open practice that is open at Lincoln Financial Field August 22nd. It's a Sunday evening. You can get down, watch the Eagles up live and in close, in person. It was a great night when the Eagles had that open practice a couple Sundays ago. Now is the time. You could jump online, get tickets. They're only $10. All proceeds benefit the Eagles Autism Foundation. It's a great cause. Look, it's a great night, and it's a great opportunity to go and see this team up close in person. If you want to see Jalen Hurts, you want to see Zach Gertz and Dallas Goddard on offense, obviously Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager at wide receiver. You go to the defensive side and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, everybody on the defensive side. It's great to be able to see all these guys work up close in person. If you want to go down low to the, to the field level or you can go up high like me, watch from up high in the sky, get a sense of all the different schemes that the team is running on both sides of the football now is the time. Jump on, get your tickets for the Eagles' upcoming open practice Sunday, August 22nd. Be there. It's going to be a great time for fans of all ages. I know my family will be there. It's always a lot of fun. Go check out the Eagles' open practice. Again, all proceeds go to the Eagles Autism Foundation. Well, great stuff there from both Ben and Chris. Thanks so much to both of you guys. Uh, outstanding coverage once again from the practice fields at the Novacare Complex. A ton to break down over these last couple days. We will talk about Thursday night's game, Eagles, Patriots. We will talk about that on Saturday. We'll be back right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade for everybody here at the Novacare Complex. I am Fran Duffy. We'll talk to you later this week. Hi, Eagles fans. I'm Connor Barwin, and I'm here to tell you about the Eagles Autism Challenge presented by Lincoln Financial Group. This year's event will take place on Saturday, August 21st, and we can't wait to see all of you back at Lincoln Financial Field live and in person. Register today to walk, run, or ride. In addition to making a transformational impact on the autism community, you'll also receive a complimentary ticket to our public practice on Sunday, August 22nd. Register today at eaglesautismchallenge.org, and I'll see you there.